again and welcome to We March On with Steve and Tom, the unofficial Southampton FC podcast, nearly called it something else there, in partnership with the Believe Podcast Network, bringing you everything you could ever dream of when it comes to Southampton FC content and general chit-chat from the lives of Steve Forbes, that's me, and the one and only Tom Deacon. Now, Tom is here. How are you, sir? I'm good. I was about to say, yes, that's me, but I didn't. I didn't want to interrupt. <laughs> so good to be back, mate. Episode 18. I'm calling this the Seiko Mara because he plays in the number 18 shirt. Uh, it is a delight to be back again for another podcast filling everybody with their dreams about Southampton FC. And there's lots to talk about, mate. I've, I'm already contemplating going to the Lincoln is there? game. Yeah, I'm already contemplating going to the Lincoln game. 21st of December. They've just beaten Morecambe and penalties. Oh, and after we got that uh, win against Sheffield Wednesday via the penalty spot as well, it's going to be a big clash. Cannot wait for it. Yeah, I feel like the dynamic of this episode may change because usually I would say that we are kind of split in the roles of I'm the journalist and you are the comedian. And therefore that comes together and we are we are complete in that fact. Um, Whereas now I've done very little for this week, Tom. I've done very little research um, and I'm not funny, so I can't take your role as the comedian. But um, you may have to be the journalist for this episode. I've got a whole page, mate, of notes. Don't you worry about that. Um, But. Anyway, before we get into it, Steve, and no pressure on you being funny, uh, I normally get paid, so it doesn't matter if I've done my job well or not. Uh, (laughs) What is going on in Steve Forbes' world? Mixing it with the celebs, I hear. Yeah, so, um, you know, you hear these stories, you think, ah, that's bullshit. Um, Well... This this could be in that echelon, but it's true. It really is true. So I, it doesn't really look like it. Um, I'm wearing a hat, so you probably can't tell. But I had my hair cut the other day. Um, it, it took maybe like a millimeter off. It's mm. still pretty pretty long. Um, but I go to a barber who is essentially a, a private barber now. So I've been going to him for a couple of years when he worked for uh, another company and then branched out on his own. And now he's got just like a private clients list. Um, and it, I'm on it. So, um, <laughs> humble brag. Oh, me, mate. Yeah. I only, um, get my hair cut from stylists, proper barbers now. <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> just, is this just Southampton people? Um, I think, well, yeah, the South coast, like we'll, we'll, we'll go anywhere from, Winchester to Bournemouth in that kind of demographic. Wow. Um, I'm just thinking who could be on that list. I reckon the big manager of John Lewis, West Key, he might be on there if it's a man. I reckon. If it's not, just the top bloke at John Lewis probably has his hair cut there. I'm just thinking the top, even Pandora, the manager of Pandora (laughs) from West Key. I'm just thinking all terrible shops uh, in West Key, mate. Yeah. Well, I fit into that Z list demographic as well. So, um, Anyway, so this this chap, very, very nice guy. I won't reveal who it is just in case, you know, people start like pestering or want to go there and stuff. But has also cut Ralph's hair when he was the manager. No he, he used to cut the boss's hair. Um, Ori, I don't know how quick that job was, but um, used to cut Ori's hair as well. Um, so I was in uh, I was in the other day having having my barnet trimmed. And uh, the person who's obviously got the next appointment after me rolls on in, turn around. Well, I didn't turn around. I looked in the mirror, so I walked through the door. And uh, none other than the Southampton captain, James Ward-Prowse. What? Um, 
Now, yeah, I was kind of at the moment thinking, I have seen James actually a couple of times there, but I've never really spoke to him. And it's, you know, I mean, you don't want it to be awkward because he probably has no idea where I am, but he might recognise my face. I've been around the club for sort of a few years now. Um, I've been pitch side, probably walked down the tunnel and went, oh, is that hobbit um, lingering around again. <laughs> so anyway, um, I'm sitting having the end of my, my hair cut down and he walks in and sits down and I go, all right, mate. And he's like, yeah, you're right. I'm like, keep him well. Yeah. So um, anyway, I finished having the hair done. And before I go up to pay, I thought I can't just like not say anything. It would be rude. And also you don't want to be like that guy who's just like ignoring someone in public because you might be a bit worried about striking up an, a conversation. So I, I had an awkward conversation oh, with James Ward Prowse. So I said, um, hey, hey, keeping James all right? Yeah. And he was like, yeah, yeah, mate, not bad. You I didn't, like, mate. Cool. If, if this is leading to you asking <laughs> if he's watched the World Cup, I mean, that's brutal. <laughs> brutal. It was maybe worse. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so I said, I was like, you got much on? Uh, no, I'm joking. I did <laughs> No, I didn't say that. I didn't say that. So I was like, "You keep it well." He's like, "Yeah, not bad, not bad." I was like, uh, "You you're getting you getting away much on like you getting a break at all?" Like, and he, and he and he kind of looked at me, going, "You fucking know I'm not going to the World Cup of England." So, but it was that it was like a split second of a, a, a glance in my eyeballs, going, "You fucking know what you've just said." And he was like, and it was a smirk, it was like a dry smile of, well, obviously, yeah, you know. Um, we're just like, you know, training and stuff at the moment. I was like, I'd be getting a break, you're going away anywhere and all that. You obviously got a bit of a bit of a break. And he went, um, yeah, well, yeah, going to um going to Dubai. And I was like, oh, it's like Qatar light. So um almost there. Um brutal. <laughs> so, um anyway, he was like, oh, I'm going off on holiday or whatever. I was like, oh, okay. And then you think, oh, I don't really want to just leave it on that. And he said he was like doing training. So I was like, oh, um, how getting on with Nathan? Like we're on fucking first name terms. So anyway, I was like, oh, you getting all right with Nathan? Are you doing all right? He was like, yeah, yeah, not bad. Yeah, come in, sort of fresh ideas and kind of using this time as like a bit of a pre-season. So yeah, all good, mate. Great, great stuff, James. Lovely to see you. No questions like, yeah, for you. you no questions for you. No questions for me. He does not give a shit about me. Oh, man. Like, why would he ask me any questions? And also, I've just made it very awkward by asking him if he's got much on um, <laughs> in I a World it. Cup break. I so, Mate, what, what you do for this podcast is unbelievable wmo listeners thank you for your insight that you've managed to garner from the guy who has recently been notified 174 kilometers he's covered more ground than any other premier league player so far this season you say it's qatar light he's off to dubai he deserves a rest he'll come back refreshed but you've got the latest nathan jones has brought in some very exciting ideas love it steve yeah well i mean i did feel like it was almost I'll give you a little bit of information. I'll exchange pleasantries, but can you leave me alone? And uh, and what else is he going to say? He's not going to turn around to me and say, oh, oh, Nathan's brilliant, way better than Ralph. Can't, couldn't wait to see the back of him or, or slag him off. He was obviously just going to give us a very a very simple answer. But, you know, he's an, he seems like a lovely chap. I don't know James well. Spoke to him, exchanged probably about 45 seconds of, of chat with him over the course of five years, maybe. Um but he seems like a nice guy, very down to earth. Oh, well, there you go. I mean, look, Steve, yeah. Steve, it is great. When you get anywhere near a Saints player, as a Saints fan, you're always thinking in the back of your head, don't muck this up. We could be besties at the end of this chat. <laughs> we could be besties. <laughs> now, that hasn't clearly happened for you. But if anyone is listening, I've just worked it out. 
he's lost Ralph as your barber. <laughs> so there's there's a gap in the market. Maybe Nathan Jones. Maybe you should be doing that to get Nathan Jones down there, get his trip well, there. I just get my hair cut every week in the hope Perfect. of seeing another Saints player or the manager there and striking up more awkward chat <laughs> where I've got nothing in common with any of them. <laughs> Anyway, um, aside from barbering, um, how have you been, Tom? Mate, the, the, the world of Tom Deacon is ever blossoming and blooming into retirement, it feels like. So uh, I am very happy, mate. All is good. I've just um, confirmed a gig date for Winchester. I feel like I'm plugging this. Um, it's already sold out, I think, uh, at the Winchester okay. Theatre Royal. So there you go. Lovely venue. I actually saw you there, didn't I? You Is did. that the same venue that I came to yeah. see you in a few years ago? Yeah. Um, yeah. Very, very nice establishment. Quite, quite a big, quite a big uh, yeah. auditorium. Yeah, it's not on my name that's uh, shifting the tickets. There's a fantastic <laughs> comedian called Josh Pugh. Uh, I think he represented England um, in one of the pan competitions. Great. Very, very funny on Twitter. Uh, Louisa Omilan and Izzy Sutty, who is the wife of, um, uh, what's his name? Uh, I can't remember his name. It's just, uh, it, it does the show with Matt Lucas, the football based uh, show. Uh, Welsh. Rob Gilbert. <laughs> no. That's the only Welsh comedian I can think of. Rob Brydon? No. Uh, isn't it? Come on, mate. He's little well, Ellis James. There you go. Does a show on Absolute. Oh, Radio X guy. Yeah. Or Absolute, whatever it is. Anyway, he's not there. But is very funny, even funnier. I would say, uh, partner Izzy City is there. So that's 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 all that's coming up, mate. And well, I don't know any of those people, but I do know you. And oh. if you're attending, I know it'd be good. Yes, yes, I will be attending. And 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 the fact that at the moment there's four games a day. Um, I've just bored my um, titties off uh, watching uh, Morocco versus Croatia. That is an indication of when we are recording this. Um, and uh, yeah, a bit a bit dull at the moment, but uh, I'm sure we'll get into that in our chat today. We will. Right. Well, uh, let's move on, Tom, into WMO episode 18. time of the season uh, like never before when there is a major tournament on in the winter uh, and that is the World Cup in Qatar a tournament shrouded in controversy all the way up until the first ball was kicked and even after I suppose before England's game with the one love armband debacle but um, how have you been finding it so far have you been been watching every single game I know you said you were bored of the uh, Morocco Croatia match but um have you been just had the telly on constant uh pretty much steve uh i haven't noticed any controversy no one's mentioned it at all um so I, i've missed that actually um although i was watching uh on netflix the fifa um scandal the documentary Ooh, i do want to watch that oh, it's really good uh you have to even go back to 1978 in argentina i mean fifa controversy they go hand in hand. However, uh, yes, it was a pretty dull game, uh, the Morocco-Croatia one. Uh, it just feels like a couple of teams are, are, are lining up to get a draw. Um, as I saw with with the Morocco side, they have only lost two games in the last 40 that they've played. That's some serious ability to, wow. to see out a draw. Um, but yeah, no, I'm, I'm thoroughly enjoying it. Um, it was great to watch the England game. There is a lot of controversy with it. Uh, even when Roy Keane can look high and mighty 
<laughs> in his broadcast on ITV. It shouldn't be here. Yeah. It shouldn't be. I can't do an yeah. Irish accent. Yeah, it shouldn't be here. Mate, come on. You almost, you ended uh, Harlan's career. Um, but anyway, th- listen, I think I think you have to be very careful. Uh, you can obviously say, you can critique, but expect that criticism coming back. And, and that just seems to be the World Cup at the moment. But the games that have been good, I've thoroughly enjoyed it. Yeah, I mean, what about that Argentina scoreline <laughs> Saudi Arabia? Oh, I don't want to I go on about how much I lost on that my game. eyes. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was a banker all day long. Yeah, it, it, it very much felt like a banker. Uh, one nil up, I thought, here we go. Here we go. Come on, Argentina. Then a couple of goals ruled out for offside. Saudi Arabia, incredible. That is the greatest World Cup shock, talking about two teams and their uh, rankings and... Uh, incredible scenes and, and fair they've play. got a national holiday now Have in they? Saudi yeah they gave them today off <laughs> after the match what because they've got hangovers I doubt that very much what are they going to be why have they all got a day off just to I don't know they just declared it as a national holiday so I think you know it's a bit like when we have a, a random bank holiday you know um, fair play so it's a bit a bit like that but um, I have to admit I've not watched every game I've kind I'm not really engrossed in this tournament mm. like I watched um, the England game and I watched the Wales game because I do want to support the home nations, um, even though Scotland aren't there. And um, I, I, I just find myself, I'm actually struggling to get into it. Like even the opening uh, match, I didn't catch it live because I was driving back from London. Um, but I went onto iPlayer and I restarted it from the start. And I just thought that it just, the stadium was at what, like 50, 60% capacity? I think even on the. Um, the following day, one of the stadiums, the, the announcer said that it was, um, or the, the commentator said, there was a 68,000-seater stadium with 46,000 people in it. Mm. So they're working on two-thirds capacity for a World Cup is shocking. Mm. Um, I think the atmosphere looks pretty dead. Um, are you just going to critique I don't know. Are you just going to critique it, Steve? Are you just going to critique yeah. it? Yeah. Okay, fair enough. Sorry, yeah. I, I thought I just needed to know whether to strap myself in. Because the Mexico-Poland game was, it looked electric with the Mexico fans. I think there's some I nations that find, bring it. Yeah, you'll find certain nations will follow their team wherever. Um, and I, again, I haven't... And not every team has played yet, all right? We're going off three days of a tournament so far. And I do like the World Cup usually. Like, I'll, I will watch most games when I get a chance. But on a normal year, like when we go back to Germany 06 mm. or like even South Africa in 2010 and Brazil in 2014 and and I suppose even to some extent Russia um the last time I even though both Russia and Qatar slightly corrupt um and <laughs> I I was I plan what to watch and yeah. when to watch it I would get the wall chart and I'd go right that's on at whatever time and that's on at this time and I'd make sure like I really strap myself in for the tournament and the games and I'd properly get into it and this time around, I'm more just like if an EFL game's on on Sky on a random Saturday or something, there's nothing else going on. You'll just be like, oh, if it's on the telly, I'll, yeah. I'll stick it on. Yeah, no, I'm just not that bothered. And I, I think that's absolutely fair because fundamentally, I'm not that bothered about it. And yet, as soon as England play, as soon as they're, they're, there's a game which I'm getting into, invested in, I had my Mexico top on. Uh, didn't want Bednarak to get the the win. Um, no, I didn't. I I just I just I get behind it. However, it 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 does put me in that uneasy position where like, oh, I shouldn't really be behind this World Cup, and yet it isn't as cool. Fans having to spend one hundred and seventy five pounds to spend a night in a tent, uh, which I saw that you tweeted. Did about. you? Oh my gosh! Yeah. 
absolutely shocking. There's so much shit around it. I went to Brazil for that World Cup, loved it. I was up there for five weeks. Yes, I was working, but it was just incredible. One of the best times in my life. Um, and and yet this, I think if you're a fan out there, you're like, like but then again, I think you, you have to step away from it and go, all right, is the, is the action on the field good? I mean, the Wells versus USA game, I was sort of like willing Wales along to mm. get that, to get that opportunity. And they did and Bale scored. So, so there's moments I can get behind Saudi Arabia beating Argentina. All I wanted to do was just send a gif of Nelson. Ha ha. That's all I wanted to do. Like, I just, I just love the the vibrancy of it, but you're right. It's hard when you're seeing everything come out from the, from Qatar. You're like, I think oh. it's, it's separating between on pitch and off pitch activity. So like on pitch, is not going to change. These players are still there. We're still seeing the greatest talent in the world for the most part playing on the biggest stage in the world at these games. However, it is when it comes to the infrastructure around the tournament, it seems like very much it was, yeah, we can do all this. And then when it gets to the point of like a week or two before the tournament and you're seeing construction sites and the fan zone hasn't been built yet and you're like, well, you're just lying. And apparently... um, one of the uh, videos showing the stadium on completion had been green screened to show it had like a mountainous background and no. it was like in a beautiful area. <laughs> and it turns out it's actually just like loads of cranes and in the middle of a desert. Um, so that's what gets my goat a little bit in terms of just, it, I'm not going into the corruption side of how it was won, et cetera. But even when it comes down to putting it on, I know we saw in, in South Africa that some of the stadiums were like rushed to be finished at the end. And and that could always be a part of it anyway, especially in, in certain nations that aren't particularly, you know, um, uh, prevalent in, um, I can't actually say that about Qatar in terms of finances. They're, they're a very rich country, but even in terms of having a footballing background, et cetera, um, there's always going to be little hiccups, but it does feel like the entire process yeah. and even up until the very last minute, something has been you turned on or lied about, etc. Even when it comes to the sale of beer, yeah, that's fine. I know we're a dry country, but it's the World Cup. Fans will want to drink. We're welcoming everyone. So beer will be available three days before the tournament. We're not selling beer anymore at the stadiums. Um well, uh, no word on FIFA about the One Love armband, but everyone's welcome at the World Cup. Then that stupidly long rubbish speech from Gianni Infantino saying he feels gay and he feels Arab and he feels whatever. He feels a migrant Looks worker, like a twat. yeah. yeah. Um, and uh, even even, and, even with uh, Belgium taking their love off their shirt as well, that's had to come off their their second their away kit as well. You're just, like that shouldn't be a thing. Like no, it, I think it, 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 it take, FIFA are bowing to Qatari pressure. And if you want to display a message of, of anti-discrimination, why should that not be allowed to happen? Mm. Um, I, I, it, I couldn't agree we, more. We have, you. yeah, we have say no to racism and the respect campaigns and the Premier League and all that sort of stuff. Um, and they're adhered to taking the knee, etc. But they're being asked not to be done at this tournament. And I just find it completely wrong. Yep. Mate, I'd, and I, I feel, I feel you, you know, because that comes from a place where you're, you're, you're saying that with frustration. I, I respect your emotions and and your feelings towards it, and and I have have those as well. I'm like, it's a sham. It it shouldn't be happening. Like Roy Keane said, shouldn't be happening here. It is. So we're now we're in a, a difficult position. This is the first time it's ever been a World Cup's taken place in the Middle East. It's the first time in Africa, uh, South Africa, they had the World Cup. It's the first time an African nation hosted it these are things for good and i think the people of qatar who who are just 
on one, having a great time. And the fans mm. going there seem to be having an all right time. It, yeah, it, it's like, let's just get through it, get the tournament done. Fingers crossed England But win. you know what I've had more respect for, right, from the very start is I'm not against the World Cup being held in the Middle East or, or mm. it's, not a Euro- it's not a European or an American centralised tournament where it should only be held in Western society with our beliefs and what we want to do and drinking culture and all that. I don't believe in that. I think it is the World Cup. It should be held mm. in any country in the world that, that has the ability to put it on. But I think from the very outset, if they had said... It's going to be in the Middle East and we're going to do it by our rules when it comes to we are a dry country. We have these these laws in place. If you want to come, you have to stick to it. I know that's not particularly inclusive. However, at least they're sticking by their principles and everyone else just has to get... like We have to acknowledge that not every country in the world has the same viewpoint as Western society. Mm. But if we want to have a World Cup, it can't just be held in Western countries. It has to be held across the whole world. But it's the fact it was... These are our laws, but we'll bend them slightly for the World Cup. And then when it gets to the actual crux of it, now nah, we're not going to do that anymore. Mm. You don't like being let down. You know, you said one slightly, thing. Yeah. And now you've been let down. Um, <laughs> however, taking all of that on board, I've been doing a little uh, Southampton X player update for you, Steve. Please. Well, uh, let's lighten the tone. Yeah. Uh, Sufyan, got a bit heavy there. <laughs> well, it got heavy, quite rightly. Uh, this is getting heavier because now we can debate whether we like these players or not. Sufyan Buffel played 65 minutes for Morocco. He scored six goals, uh, not in the game. because uh, it was Not in that game. Not in that <laughs> game. But just <laughs> across the board, um, quite nice to see Sufyan Buffel. He's still he's at the angry French team called Angers. I think that translates as angry team. Um, so he he's done quite well. It's not Angers. Mate. Manger sweet, and I'm not. I'm not having any of that. Um, Poland <laughs> nil nil with Mexico. Uh, Jan Bednarak now currently at Aston Villa. Uh, he kept the bench very warm in that game, and it was a little bit dry. I thought Poland had a penalty opportunity. Lewandowski had the penalty uh, saved by the saved. Yeah, thirty-seven old keeper. Um, he, hasn't he played in four World Cups? That keeper. He's incredible, isn't he? He is. Absolutely nuts. A lad. I love him. Love him. I love the Mexico support. That was brilliant. Uh, now- I actually really rate Mexico as a team. I'd like to see them go far. They're one of these teams. I, I was. I heard a stat that they've played the most games at a World Cup and never been to a final. Yeah. I think it's they've played 58 games at a, at, at a World Cup finals and they've never been to a final. I would love, and it's not going to happen, but I would love to see Mexico win the World Cup. Yeah. I actually really would. Um, and when um, the Wolverhampton striker, what, what, there was a lovely moment with the commentary team. Uh, Jimenez. Jimenez uh, is coming on uh, from Wolverhampton. And I just pissed, I, like, I was laughing. <laughs> I was like, there's a Mexican from Wolverhampton. I know what they meant. He plays for Wolves, but uh, just like, all right, lads, how are you doing? My name's Jimenez. <laughs> uh, just uh, that, <laughs> really did tickle me. Um, Hola. <laughs> Hola. Como estas? Um, Denmark had a very do- dull game. Tunisia played very well. Uh, now, I'm going to pronounce it Hoiberg, but apparently that's wrong, isn't it, Steve? Hoibier. Sure. Is what I've been told. Pierre-Emile Hoibier. Did he tell you himself? No. Oh, okay. I didn't have an awkward chat with him in the barbers, unfortunately. So what are you up to? Oh, you're off to the World Cup. Um, 60, oh, he's played 61 <laughs> times for Denmark. He scored five goals. None in that game. Uh, he did pretty well. But Gareth Bale, I mentioned him a second ago. What mm-hmm. a performance from him. He encapsulates everything that is Welsh. Uh, and that one all draw against USA. I thought USA were average. Uh, and, and I thought mm. Wales showed a lot of passion. And I don't fear England getting out of that group now. And based on a game, game of two halves, mm-hmm. a game of two halves, really. I thought USA actually on paper have quite a good team. 
I think that um, they have a young squad. It's it, when you actually go through their players, they play in top leagues. Mm. They actually have a, like a really, really good squad. I mean, you compare that to the Wales team, whose most of their players are made up from the Championship and the EFL leagues. Um, there's not really many Premier League players in there. I think they put they did an amazing job. And what I love about Wales is their togetherness. Yeah. They really fight for each other. And you mentioned Gareth Bale with his outstanding performance. I didn't think it was the Gareth Bale uh, show we saw in qualifying where he would take a game by the scruff of the neck and score some goals. I thought it was a, a, a professional performance from him. But what I really liked was when Brennan Johnson came on, uh, the Nottingham Forest striker or forward, and he had an opportunity and he burst out he had so much pace and he burst down the line and he went to cut it in and he could eat and Bale was running in for a cutback and he it was going to be difficult so he could either shoot and try to you know make the keeper react or or try and square it but the defender maybe got it and he shot mm. and the keeper just kind of palmed it away or caught it but I don't think it was a terrible decision but you you saw Bale after he didn't lambast him which is what we'd see maybe with Ronaldo he would throw his arms up in the air and he'd go why did you not Pass that to me. Why mm. did you not? Bale kind of spoke to him in a way and he went, come on, you you got to, I could lip read what he was saying on the camera. He's like, you, I know, he actually said, I know it's hard, but you can do it. Like, we've got to do better than that. Yeah. And I thought that is the mentality that could see Wales through of like togetherness. Mm. I know this is hard. I know that that would have been a tough uh, call for you to make, but you've got to make those make those opportunities count when you can. Not just like, why didn't you give me the ball? I could have scored that. And I think that would be beautiful um, to see Wales go far in this tournament. I think England's dismantling of Iran. Um, Iran didn't show themselves in the best light. They are the, the, the in the top 20 teams in the world. I think they will give the USA and, and Wales a bit more of a run for their money. But Wales getting that penalty and equalising has blown that group open when it comes to who's going to finish second. I don't think the USA are going to be really easy for England. I, I expect England to win. In fact, I expect England to win all three of their, their group games. But I would say that it's not a closed book just yet. I think that the USA are a good team. I think Wales, on their day, can get a result against almost anyone. And... I would. I think that it's a really good opportunity to, for Wales to get a win against Iran and then a, maybe a draw against England in the final game, and you could see England and Wales go through. That's a that is a lovely take on that. I like I like that. Um, I, I agree with everything you say, and the captaincy from Bale. Um, I heard it the other day actually. Him talking another player, an ex Wales player, talking about what Gareth was like if you came into the squad, and as a youngster. Uh, you would sort of look up to Gareth of all of his, all that he has achieved in football. He would come over and crack a joke, bit of banter with the new new peeps, so that they knew that he mm. was only human as well. And I, I, I love that. Yeah. I think he leads by example. Even when he, like you're right, he didn't have the best game. But what you did see from him when he lost the ball, he he tracked back. Yeah, that that was that was beautiful to see. So yeah. I agree. I think um, maybe it'll come down he, to it. He's a really strange player, I find, Gareth Bale, because he is sensational and has been incredible for such a long time, but he's never held in the same regard as some of the best players ever. Mm. Do you find that? I think it's so odd. Like, we talk about Ronaldo and we talk about Messi, and they are phenomenal. Like, Ronaldo's goal-scoring charts are off the chart. They're ridiculous. Um, and Messi, natural talent, one of the greatest 
players ever just with pure ability. But Gareth Bale has won everything. Like, really? Yeah. Um, I think I th- five Champions Leagues. He was a decade at Real Madrid. Like, he he is such a sensational player and and is still doing it. Like, I know he's in America now, but helped win the MLS Cup for LAFC for the first time. Um, he's got Wales to the semifinals of the Euros. He's got them to their first World Cup in 58 years, or 64 years, sorry. Um, and I don't think he's held in the same echelon as as others. Yeah. I think you, you, people will still talk about Karim Benzema or Zinedine Zidane as some of the greatest players ever, but no one will really talk about Gareth Bale. And I think it's a bit of a shame. It, well, there's two ways that, that can happen. He's, he's then more of a legend because people aren't banging on, on about him all the time and it gets oversaturated. And I think it comes down to the fact he's he's Welsh. Like, that's not me having a, um, a bash at being Welsh. It's just in the world scale. They don't, they someone if he's Portuguese or Argentinian, oh, he's what because so many more people can get behind him and say he's the greatest ever. Small country mm. Wales will shout about Gareth Bale quite rightly, but are unable to be heard as much because the rest of the world. Um, but yeah, I mean, the goals he scored in the Champions League final, unreal, like he, he's phenomenal and he was fantastic at the Saints, um, as well. And I think just because of those financial pressures that Southampton were under at the time, had to sell him, um, which, which is a great shame, however. Moving quickly on, uh, mm-hmm. not necessarily quickly on, uh, a player that could have played for Saints, I'm, I filed him under, uh, Gakpo, uh, scored for the Netherlands. Cody Gakpo, yeah. <laughs> In the 84th minute, Virgil van Dijk getting a clean sheet uh, for Holland, uh, making sure no one got past uh, and scored. They got a 2-0 win, at, yeah, 2-0 win against Senegal. Luke Shaw stepping up for that cross mm-hmm. for, uh, for, for Bellingham. Uh, 24 caps now, three goals for Luke Shaw. And finally, playing today, later on, at Belgium versus Canada, Toby Alderweireld. There you go. Uh, Sent it back, 124 caps, five goals. So that is your Southampton update. And we can't give you anything about Maya Yoshida, um, Minamino, or potentially Armel Belakutcher making his World Cup debut. Or Salasu. They haven't played yet. They've got Ghana, have Portugal on Thursday. So when the pod comes out, um, expect a hat trick from him. (laughs) (laughs) But um, yeah, I think what that shows um, is how good Southampton have been over the past decade in terms of getting their recruitment right. There are some world-class players. I know Bale's a bit more than a decade ago, but when you look at Virgil, um, Toby Alderweire, these kind of players, like they are excellent, excellent recruits for Southampton um, and have gone on to be elite players. Um, and I think that I would love to see that again. I would like to see that. And I think we maybe could see that as well with um, a focus more on, on youth and um, spotting really promising talent early and convincing them that Southampton's the place to grow. When you look at Armel Belakotchap, Salasu, like these are two centre-backs potentially that could be worth 40 to 50 million yeah. if they have a good World Cup and a good rest of the season. Um, Tino Livramento, Again, I can see him playing for England in the future. Um, so I think that, you know, if Romeo Lavia, there we go. I know I said it. I've gone a whole whole week without saying Romeo Lavia. Um, he could be a future star in the midfield for Belgium as well. So um, I think it's excellent. I think it's testament to how Southampton have gone about their business since returning to the Premier League. Um, and long may that continue. Just one other player, Steve. I've It slipped uh, off the notepad in front of me. Uh, Lovren. 
the centre-back for Croatia, played in that mm. very dull game I just witnessed. Um, but Kalesa talking about how he missed out and he's having a little bit of a reflection time on how he can get into that international team. So yeah, spot on the way that we recruit talent. And I think so far of the games, one of those beautiful moments, which is, you know, it transcends football. Uh, Christian Eriksen playing again mm. for Denmark. That I think we should mention before we move on, the fact he got another cap uh, for Denmark. Just brilliant to see after that. Yeah, just the shock of him collapsing during the Euros. Yeah, unreal. I think most people thought if he survives that, his career is going to be over. Obviously, he was let go by Inter Milan because he couldn't get insured to play in Serie A with his um, heart device in. Um, Brentford took a chance on him, outstanding in the Premier League last season, now plays for Manchester United. What a re- what a return um, for Christian Eriksen and, and to now be playing in a World Cup for his, for his country after not being able to... Um, do much in, in the Euros after suffering that cardiac arrest. Um, must be amazing for him. What a proud moment for, for the country and his family. And um, yeah, I, I wish him all the best. I don't, I don't know how far Denmark will go. Again, they have quite a lot of good players on paper. Um, but I think for him purely just to be paying, playing football at the highest level, both for club and country, is outstanding. Mm. It's, a, it's a bit of a shame um, that Vestergaard isn't playing because then we could really talk about him being like an oil rig turning. Um. (laughs) All right then, Steve, it is that halfway point in a podcast where we like to ask a question to test each other's knowledge, but also, more importantly, everybody's knowledge who is listening. Mm. So, this week's Sage Trivia Question of the Week is this. Beautiful. Thank you. Who has scored the most World Cup goals as a player? That's the question, Steve. Who has scored the most World Cup goals as a player? Take your time. And after the break... Is it an ex-Saints player or just a player in general? I mean, that would be incredible. But no, no uh, ex-Saints player really makes it up onto the the leaderboard. So it's ex... um, uh, That would give you a clue. Yeah, that would give it away. So just the player who scored the most goals at the World Cup. Got you. Question mark. Take your time. See you soon. All right then, Steve. I gave you that simple question. Who scored the most World Cup goals as a player? And the answer is Steve. Do I guess? Uh, yes, that would be great. Yeah, uh, okay, if- cool. I thought when you just said, oh, the answer is, I thought you were just going to tell the answer and I didn't have an opportunity to guess it. Uh, it's like a moment from Moneyball, which is a fantastic film, where I point at you like Brad Pitt does it, Jonah Hill. Okay, so- Got you. Um, I think, I'm sure this is still the guy, um, unless he was taken over at the last World Cup, but I, I think it is still Germany's Miroslav Klose. Congratulations, Steve. Congratulations. 24 games, 16 goals. Uh, just behind him is Ronaldo, uh, not the Portuguese one, the Brazilian um, Ronaldo, uh, aka Fat Ronaldo, but that's offensive, <laughs> so I'm not going to say that. Can we edit that out? No, oh, too late. Yeah. It's in. It's already in. Um, but yeah, it's a very interesting time. I don't think Messi is on seven, so will that be beaten? I doubt it. Harry Kane's on seven as well, but an ankle injury, I don't think he's going to be able to to add to that in the next game unless something miraculous happens. No, what what a what a record to have. Yeah. Sixteen goals um, is absolutely fantastic, and and to be. Again, another player you probably wouldn't say is regarded as like one of the greatest strikers ever, especially with R9 sitting just behind him in the charts, who is probably, for many people, the greatest number nine ever. Mm. Um, 
yeah, absolutely amazing from Miroslav Klose. And I, and I think he'll probably hold that record for, for quite some time because you would have to be going to a World Cup in your late... Maybe Mbappe could do it, potentially, because you'd have to be starting to go to a World Cup at 18, 19, um, and then play in sort of four consecutive tournaments or well into your 30s to be able to, and continually score in every tournament, to be able to beat that. So, yeah, what a record. Uh, Gary Lineker, uh, we've had to be endure him uh, as a commenta- uh, commentator and, and host. Um, I say endure, but he's been around for a bit. Ten goals in a World Cup. So, I mean, he's done uh, remarkably well uh, during as well. I was just looking at Miroslav Klose. Now a manager, was assistant manager at Bayern Munich. Um, Gary Lineker, ten goals as well. So there you go. Uh, Steve, great little question. Um, mm-hmm. But there's much to talk about with Southampton, isn't there? Yeah, I feel like we did quite a lot on just our feelings towards the World Cup and uh, and You've talking talk. about it's imp- other it's things. It's important for men to talk, Steve. Yeah, it really is. Um, and we haven't had a huge amount of Saints content. Um, one thing that has happened in the last few days is that uh, the club has released a statement talking about its, its retail partnership and how what? all the shops, both physical and online, are currently closed. What? What are they going to do about Black Friday, mate? 30% I know. off. Um, people are asking that question. I think it's maybe a good thing that I picked up your shirt the last time I was uh, able to at the retail store because you would be <laughs> buggered now if I if I had to still go out and get it. Um, I'm getting so, kit MV, Steve. Actually, I really wanted. I, I like the green one. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, I've got, sort of changed my mind. What I can't do you mean? take it. But, well, I really want the orange goalkeeper one. <laughs> <laughs> I really like it. Anyway, Do you remember sorry, when goalkeeper kits used to have padding on the oh. elbows and stuff? I had um, I had a, a Peter Schmuck. Do you remember the white and green Man United goalkeeper kit from like 1998 with oh. a circular badge in the middle of the chest? Wow. That's a, that's so a kit I, and a half that. So I had that when I was maybe seven or something Christmas like that. all year round with that Seven kit. or eight, I think. And um, yeah, and it had padding in it and it was thick. It was like neoprene wear this goalkeeper top. It was completely different to the rest of the jerseys. And I remember playing like five-a-side indoor football in it at like a birthday. You know, when you did football birthday parties when you're, when you're yeah. a nipper. Um, and I was sweating buckets. Um, but I was not taking this goalkeeper top off. I wasn't even playing in goal. Um, no. And uh, I love this top so much. But they don't do it anymore. Goalkeeper tops are basically just shirts, aren't they now? Yeah. They don't have any... Little sleeve, sleeveless number. Come on, if you're diving about, you don't want to rip your elbows, do you? But that's no. that's the way of the keepers these days. Anyway, so Southampton have released a statement um, saying that um, they're aware of significant business and fulfillment challenges experienced by our external third-party retail partner, Elite Sports Group, um, who manage the uh, the online and the uh, and the retail stores. Um, they've been working with them to fully understand what those challenges are. And obviously the, the shops have, have been closed as a, as a decision with a contingency plan in place. Um, they had to uh, unavoidably close the stores uh, for a short period of time. And they will now communicate further with the fan base when they are reopening. Um, I, I love, sorry, I just love the way that you're saying we have uh, 
ask them questions about how we could improve. And you're just like, you've called them up and gone, what is going on, you morons? What is going on? Uh, Southampton are not the only club involved in this, but I love how eloquent and polite that conversation is when really you've picked up the phone and you've gone, what are you doing, you Muppets? Um, yeah. So yeah. But it's the same with like Ronaldo leaving United, which was breaking news uh, yesterday, was it? Yeah. On um, on Tuesday of like, uh, the club has um, agreed that they will part ways with Cristiano Ronaldo uh, in a mutual agreement. We thank him for his immense contribution over his two spells at the club. When realistically, they were like, we need to sack this guy now. He's gone and mugged us off on national television. He is gone. The managers don't want him. We don't want him. He's gone. But they have to make it look very amicable, yeah. um, which is probably what's happened in, in this scenario. I don't really know what the troubles are in terms of the partnership, whether they staffing or couldn't fulfill order. I'm not, I don't know what it is, but essentially if you're a Southampton fan and you're trying to buy some stuff around Black Friday and the build up to Christmas, good luck. It ain't happening. Um, however, what is happening, Steve Forbes, is Jimmy J. Morgan cannot stop scoring. I don't know if you've seen this for the under-23s. No. Uh, Saints a B Premier League team. A hat-trick against Brum uh, the other day. Uh, Ballard, captain. Do you know how much I love uh, Ballard? Uh, mm -hmm. Thierry Small's back in the team. But Jimmy J. Morgan, I mean, he scored two against Everton, two against Sunderland. It's great to see Tyler dibbling back. Uh, mm. Chelsea signed him, then he came back to the Saints. Um, but doing remarkably well. I mean, Jimmy J. Morgan, 16 years of age, uh, he is hot property at the moment. And if that form continues, you know Tom Deacon will be shouting for him to be in that uh, first 11 oh. for Southampton FC. 100%. With a name like Jimmy J., um, I don't, you never really see footballers go very far based on certain. It's weird, isn't it? Like you don't see, you, like John Joe Shelby, right, uh, is is another example. Like I think Jimmy J Morgan. It's not something that you know strikes you as like elite footballer. No. I'm but doing the guy a disservice. I don't know him, and it is just his name. It doesn't really matter. But just uh, was of interest to me. It, it is, but also what Southampton love is uh, three initials in the name. So it'd be JJM. Uh, ABK, mm. JWP, KWP. Uh, we've got oh, more, yeah. We've got another uh, JJM uh, we signed into that. So but it's not many... a double-barreled last name. His name's not, his last name isn't J Morgan. I presume it's a double-barreled first name. Yeah, Jimmy J, JJ Morgan. Oh, it sounds like a bit like JP Morgan. He's in the money, mate. It's money yeah. related. I've put it all together. <laughs> uh, but it is good to see. Uh, there's no football yeah. on other than the World Cup and, of course, the, the football league that's happening up and down the country. But it is quite exciting. However, um, you got the latest from James Ward-Prowse that he's not up to much during the World Cup. Thanks for that, Steve. Yeah. Um, but uh, the Saints players were going to go to America. That's not happening. Now they're off to Spain, but they're not going to have uh, any friendly fixtures. So, hey, Nathan Jones has got it all to do in the preseason. But it, it's still, they're going get to get away but you found out that JWP's off to Dubai. So anyway, I mean, is he going to be going to the preseason? Who knows? Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm sure they'll be getting a week or two off. I did say to him how long he's going for. I think he said just a week. So I think they'll probably get a couple of weeks off to just, you know, decompress a little bit. And then when it comes back um, to training um, and warm weather training, clearly when they go to, to Spain, it will be like a mini preseason for a lot of the Southampton players because many of whom aren't going to the World Cup. Um, it's a bit bit of a shame that there's not going to be friendlies. Something that was touted was to have a few games um, 
against against other Premier League teams or other even international teams who who are made up of players who maybe aren't all going to the World Cup as well. I think that would have been quite good to keep the fan base, you know, um, not interested. That's maybe the wrong word. Engaged, engaged, engaged. Yeah, hundred percent. Because not many people are going to go to Qatar to to follow England, but you still want to. You know, watch football. There is still the the women's championship that's on. The EFL games are still going ahead, so I can imagine there will be there will still be plenty of football being watched. But it would have been nice, I think, to to still see Southampton's players um, play play friendlies during during the break. Maybe they've decided that it's too much of a risk um, mm. that maybe some players may get injured in in those friendlies if if they if they're not worth anything it's maybe different to a, a, an actual preseason where you kind of have to play these games maybe they're thinking well we've got a month so if we just try and train really hard and implement new methods obviously it's a new manager as well so he's going to want to get people singing from the same hymn sheet um and just doesn't see the point in taking the risk when it comes to albeit not a competitive game a game nonetheless um yeah, because so, yeah. you've got Lincoln. You've got Lincoln on the 21st of December, a cup game. So he can that's put... a way away, though. That's still basically a month away. Yeah, I, I think that's why you have to look at this as a pre-season. It's, it's about, like you said, decompressing. And that's kind of like the players are at full max, playing 90 minutes plus added time. And if you're in the World Cup, that's even longer, as we've seen. Um, but What is up with that, that, by the way? Uh, no idea, mate. I've got no idea. It doesn't make any like, sense. There's like I... an average of like nine minutes added time a game. I've yeah, never all, seen that in my life. With all the games that I've played so far, you could have actually played another game without a time. That's a fascinating stat there uh, for you. Horrendous. But all the players for Southampton have to kind of stay as fit, peak as they possibly can. Or do you wind down to then wind up again? But either way, that Lincoln game is a good opportunity where it's not as if we've got a Premier League match right back. Nathan mm. Jones can add some, implement some ideas for the team, the structure, how he wants to play. That's the, that's the first test uh, to, to do that. And then uh, first first match back, um, which is Brighton, I believe, uh, probably a little bit Boxing after Boxing day. Yeah. yeah. So so that's actually an opportunity for, for... I'm actually really super pumped about it. But yeah, it yeah. would be good to have Saints fans a bit more engaged. Well, it's summer. going back in like full throttle, isn't it, when it comes to the fixtures that Southampton will be playing uh, on, the re- on the conclusion of the World Cup because you have got that match against Lincoln on the 21st, as you say. Five days later, Boxing Day, they've got Brighton. A couple of days after that, it's then uh, Fulham away on the 31st. Then you've got a match on the 4th of January, um, and then we just go back into the cycle of the Premier League game. So there, there is sort of four or five games in, in very close proximity of each other at the end of end of December, start of, start of January. I wonder if Nathan will go uh, full strength for that Lincoln game. It's, it is lower league opposition, We've seen obviously the Cambridge game, a lot of youngsters getting a getting a run out. But I wonder because there hasn't been so much football on, and a lot of mm. the first team, majority of the first team, will have had an extended break. Whether they'll just be raring to go, and he's like full strength lineup against Lincoln. Let's absolutely smash them. Yeah, I, I would one hundred percent do that. Then enjoy your Christmas uh, dinner, uh, and then come back for Boxing Day. Lovely stuff. Let's smash Brighton. Um, I. I, I Hey, if I was a manager, I'd probably do that and risk injuries. But at the same time, 
you need to get them playing 90 minutes under the belt to give us the best chance of getting a result against uh, Brighton. Uh, in other news, Steve, uh, we'll save the debate of whether Ox Chamberlain should come back to Southampton uh, based on how well Theo Walcott has gone down. Uh, there has been rumours <laughs> about Ox Chamberlain coming back. But I will say this, it uh, needs discussing. Um, we want to talk about the Saints women uh, because uh, they've got a cup game coming up this Sunday, uh, the 27th. Um, a big game because they are WSL uh, Premier League uh, standard. So currently 11th, they're one place off the bottom, but they are full of internationals uh, in that match. Before we get to that, Steve, um, there was a one-all draw against Blackburn Rovers. Katie Wilkinson getting the goal in the 57th minute. Unfortunately, unable to keep a clean sheet. Um, Jordan equalised for Blackburn. 621 in attendance at Ewood Park. But I looked at the pictures beforehand. I would love to play at Ewood Park. That's steeped in Premier League history, that ground. Well, we've not seen it in quite some time, have we? I mean, that is a ground that... <laughs> Slam! Damn! <laughs> that... Like, Blackburn fans listening, which there won't be any. Ah, <laughs> oh, you just got done by Steve. Uh, that, is, that is a ground that has seen the Premier League trophy lifted at it yeah. all the way back in 1995. So, yeah, a, a real uh, mainstay of the Premier League through the 90s and, and early part of the noughties as well. Um, had some great players. They've had some chicken owners as well. Um, some some big big chicken <laughs> they nearly owners. Got, they didn't they nearly get Lewandowski when yes, Sam Allardyce did. was managing. Yes, yes they um, did. And the only reason they didn't apparently is because there was that volcano that that erupted over oh, Iceland, Iceland and it created all the smoke or the all the fumes and basically planes couldn't couldn't go. Um, so he ended up signing for Borussia Dortmund instead. That is... <laughs> when he was at Lech Poznan. I love that as a stat. Um, but uh, yes, uh, Saints dominate the first half. The elements were against both teams. Not fun to play in. Heavy pitch. However, uh, again, keeping that rich vein of form going. Uh, 12 goals now uh, in the championship for Southampton. Seven mm -hmm. goals against. So it was, it was, it was, a, it was a good game. Uh, haven't dropped really points. Nine overall. We didn't lose that game. Uh, third in the table behind Bristol City and London City. Two points off the top are the Saints. But uh, Steve, do you remember during the Women's Euros, I went along to St. Mary's to support Northern Ireland. Why not? I've got a kit. I'll wear it and support mm. that team. Um, there were some brilliant players playing that day. Well, they're coming back. Um, you have got Amelie Eichland uh, from Norway coming back uh, for her team, her club team, Reading. And Justine Van Havenmart. Oh, what a name. She scored in mm. the Euros. Um, basically, Reading are coming to town, as I mentioned, in the Continental Cup. And they are stacked, Steve. When you look at that team in terms of internationals, the quality, even the Northern Ireland goalkeeper, uh, Jacqueline Burns is in that team. Um, and you've got Gemma Evans, who represents Wales. Mate, it's stacked. This is going to be a tough game. If mm. you are a Saints fan, get behind uh, the women on Sunday. Yeah, certainly. Um, I will just... That was. I know I go on a bit. Um, that was a rather <laughs> long monologue from you, Tom. Um, but no, I'm joking. Given um, the facts, mate, the facts. No, there was very well researched. I, I'm, I'm appreciative of, of all that that you said. Um, just touching slightly on the uh, Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain thing, because I feel like I have to, is oh, right. okay. I do think Southampton are in need of a player of his ilk, kind of a creative midfielder that can score goals. Um, I know you mentioned about Theo Walcott. I think I'm slightly against 
bringing players back for the sentimental value when they're when they're getting into their 30s. Um, Alex Oakley-Chamberlain, I think, is only 29, maybe 30 now. So he's okay. not particularly old. Um, and I still think he's a good player, but his injury record isn't great. I think it could be another one of those where he could be an expensive acquisition contract-wise and it just doesn't work out. So I would probably steer away from that one and, and continue to focus on, on promoting you through the squad. When it comes to the women's team, as you said, Continental Cup against Reading, even though they're second bottom in the WSL, the WSL is still a, 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 an echelon above, obviously. It's the league above, but the quality is there, mm. steeped in international players. There is only 12 teams in the division. So essentially um, less for, for players to to choose from when it comes to who they want to play for um, at the t- at the very highest level of the women's game in England. So you are going to have really tough opposition, but we have seen Southampton beat higher league opposition before. We've seen them play outstanding at St. Mary's under the lights, uh, winning promotion as well to the championship. And, and they're having such a good debut season in the mm. women's championship to be third and only off the top by two points. For a team that's never played at that level before. Yeah. It's incredible. Yeah. So, yep, yeah, fair play. All the best to the women's team. I think what we'll see is record numbers of attendance. The more we play at St. Mary's, the, the bigger the opposition is. Um, There's going to be more than 621 going to that game. That That's just, just showing. I, would, I sort of mentioned that number because I'm not dissing Blackburn. But at St. Mary's, we, 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 we get more than that. We're well, I can't remember what the actual record was. I think it was for the the playoff final against Wolves, um, which was, was it 6,000, 5 or 6,000, mm. I think. Um, and uh, for, in fact, funnily enough, give me, give me just a second, because I think I have an email which has a little bit more information on it. Um regarding how many people are expected at St. At St. Mary's. Um, so as you said, there is the uh, Continental uh, Cup. That's on the 18th of December. Um, apparently, Southampton are trying to push for 10,000. No way. For that game. Against Reading. That's fantastic. So 10,000 10, people turning up to support the Saints women at St. Mary's on the 18th of December would be sensational and I, ho- yeah. I hope it goes beyond that i really do yeah because i mean for the coventry game the last one at st mary's that was uh 2123 so dwarfing the likes of blackburn who've been a bit more established in the championship no it's great to see hopefully katie wilkinson keeps her goal scoring uh boots on um gonna be a big game and uh, let, let's face it you did mention uh there aren't as many teams uh in the wsl premier league for uh, players to go to no one really wants to go to reading you know what I mean? I feel sorry for. Reading. Have you been I, to Reading? I've been mate, to Reading a few times. It's not yeah. the uh, no, not the best listen, place in the world, is it? It's rather grey. They are going to be the smiles on those women's faces from the Reading team just to be somewhere other than Reading. Uh, look but out! There is for a that. big IKEA next to the Majeski. Is it called the Majeski anymore? It's got a different. Are name you now. having? Are you, take, are you having a pop, mate? There's, there's a, a massive there's, IKEA in Southampton. You calm yeah, yourself. I'm just saying, if you well, you're saying it's the to... IKEA teams going head to head. That's bang out of order, mate. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, if you wanted to frequent Reading, there's, you know, the, the, Oracle, the Oracle Shopping Centre is is quite good. I'm sure that's Reading. 
the Oracle, um, is not bad. Um, obviously, massive IKEA. There I've been on a well. stag do there. I've been on a stag do uh, there. Uh, it, it files in it. it. The top three of worst stag do's I've ever been on. No, thank you, Reading. Uh, seriously, we can take that off the map. Just scrub it off. Every map that I go past in any bookstore from now on, I'll be uh, rubbing it off. No offense to any Reading people. Actually, why do you live there? Massive offense to you. <laughs> well, can you imagine if a lot of our demographic was just made up of people living in, in that neck of the woods? Just you know, off the M4. Do you want to know why I don't particularly like Reading? I almost bought a, a flat there to to live in. Didn't happen. And uh, just, didn't just like resented it. the place ever since. Massively. And that is where prejudice happens. And I am going to do my best I can. Uh, but yeah, big match on Sunday. Looking forward to it, Steve. Anything yeah. else to uh, pop up? What's the rest of the week have in store for you, Steve? Hang uh, on a minute. Well, Aren't you going on a holiday? Yeah, well, this is this is something that could put the next episode slightly in jeopardy of, of how we get this one out. Maybe you'll have to ride solo, Tom. I don't know. But um, I am leaving on a jet plane uh, to um, Mauritius oh. next Monday um, on the 28th, um, going there with my uh, other half uh, to get some R&R in, mate. It has been a very full-on three, four months of work, and I'm just feeling a bit uh, exhausted should we say. So cannot wait. Go on a holiday next week. Um, I will send you some pictures. Um, Thanks. I, 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 won't come, I probably won't come back with a tan. I am Scottish and Irish, so I do have that almost translucent skin. Um, that means I will still be milky white when I come back. I'll go red, and then I'll just turn back white again. There'll be no tanning, um, unfortunately. Uh, but yeah, really looking forward to that. Um, that's my plan really for next week. Got a couple of shifts left. Uh, this week and then I haven't done everything that I need to do so I still need to book a hire car get some holiday clothes that's not been they've not been purchased either um, get my affairs in order um, and then I'll be going away on holiday mate well that sounds beautiful people will will miss you uh, but uh, knowing that you're getting some art and art and please do send those pictures to me so I can really imagine as I close my eyes that I'm somewhere better than where I am currently in the weather yeah, yeah. There, there'll be pictures. I won't include myself in the pictures because, as oh. you are well aware, I haven't exercised as much as I probably should have done recently and let myself go a little bit. So no one wants to see a chubby <laughs> little hobbit on, on, on the golden on the golden sands of the island of Mauritius blocking their view of crystal clear waters and palm trees. So um, I'll just send you lovely landscape shots, Tom. Oh. Beautiful. of the scenery um so yeah that's me what about yourself mate it's it's all go i've planned to say nothing positive here so i'm just going to say the same as usual which is always as you know 110 percent. that's that i i go big <laughs> or i go home and i spend a lot of time at home uh steve it's been a pleasure stay tuned for uh the wmo podcast saints brass come on we've you've been waiting there patiently it's your time to play us out <laughs>